I'm just no, waiting for you guys, basically. No, we were ready. Anyway. <sighs> Tales from the Plantation, volume 55. Welcome, welcome. Sorry, been away for a little bit, but we are back. Um, I'm your host, Harry Tubman, leading you all to freedom. We also have with us... It's your boy Tunde. You can find me at TFTP underscore Tunde, T-U-N-D-E, on Instagrams and Twitter and threads and basically all the social medias. You have threads? Do you actually post on there? I don't post on it, but I'm there. Oh, so feel you're, you're on there, right. Yeah. <laughs> that thing died a death, boy. Everyone was they on it for like F a week. Yeah. There's no work for it. Twitter's just, yeah. Twitter's already exists. It just didn't work. Anyway, we also have with us. It's your girl, Nezzy. Um, you can find me at TFTP underscore Nezzy on X. <laughs> on X. X, formerly known as Twitter. Formerly known as Twitter. Um, yeah, this, I mean... I know we don't usually discuss controversial topics um, on this podcast, but um, obviously we're not, well, we are in, in Black History Month, um, but I guess towards the beginning of this month, there was a lot of madness going down in the Middle East. Um, I don't know how much you've been keeping up to date with all of that, um, but it's it's been a really harrowing, scary time, I'm sure, for a lot of people. Um for me, so what I, what I wanted to talk about was I've seen a few posts about not like, let's just take all of the political stuff or not, not the political stuff out of it. But I've seen a couple of people saying, this is what you would do in a genocide if it happens. What you're doing now is what you would do in a genocide and your silence speaks volumes. And I'm just like, look, I'm a little Negro from England living in wherever I'm living, right? One social media post for me saying whatever I think about this, I don't think makes that much of a difference. Is that just like, to me, it's like, if I send a letter to my MP or if I'm out on the street, fine. I think that's, there's a point to that. But I just think, I don't think that people should be guilted into trying to, having to say something because I'm like, even then, does it even make that much of a difference? I'm thinking about things like the black squares during, um, the whole Black Lives Matter uprising in 2020. What difference did that make? None. Uh, I, no ooh, ooh, I don't know about that, Harry. Everyone knows the black squares ended racism. Like true. racism true. done. Like I have not seen a single, single piece of racism since the black squares. Unless, uh, do you know what it was? I feel like some people must not have posted black squares and that might be the that's reason it. why it was Yeah, that's it. It only works yeah. if everybody yeah. posts black it squares. It has to be that's the, that's the reason it didn't work. Everybody's got to post them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To be fair, I was one of the ones that didn't post it. So look, I'm culpable. <sighs> and I wholeheartedly... You, you are responsible You are responsible for racism. It's not who I am. Right? And I, I, I am trying to learn <laughs> and do this. But to me, yeah, I just, I just think, yeah, this whole thing about people having to post about this, I'm like, well... There's atrocities every day, B, in the whole world. What? So I have to comment on everything. I don't know. That's just maybe my opinion. But I'm like, I feel like this whole thing of you have to post. And if you're mm. not posting, you're complicit. It's like, mm, I don't know about that. What do you guys think? I 
Mm. I don't agree that post like not posting or posting doesn't make a difference because I do think governments do respond sometimes to widespread outrage from their people. So I do think, especially depending on the political climate of the country and how close they are to an election, I do think whichever government is in power, if a policy is very, very, very unpopular, um, whether that's be just social media and social media is sometimes reflective of what the general population is feeling. I do think sometimes governments modify policies a little bit to, yeah, to be in step with what they feel the tone of the population is. So I actually don't think it's true that it doesn't make any difference, to be honest. Um, I do think there's a danger in these situations of people posting in a way that is just performative, obviously to just be like, so that everyone they've ticked the right box so that everyone knows that they're on the right team um and also people posting when they haven't really informed themselves and I think that was the thing that I was really worried about I didn't post much earlier on because I was like I just feel like I don't I don't feel like I'm necessarily like there's certain things that I feel like I'm actually really quite well read on like I think I'm really well read on matters about race and feminism like I've not just like read stuff on social media but I've actually like read properly like proper books about it so I feel like off the top of my head I can chat about those kind of things um and also it's my lived experience so I can talk about it but I feel like with Israel Palestine there was definitely more of a sense of like this isn't my lived experience and also I might not be as well informed as I think I am or as I should uh, I would just like the it. listeners to know that but especially can, can over the weekend um, that the in internet Gaza, is actually like against black women it's black women it's suppressing uh, even on our podcast it's suppressing black women voices wow again this Harry you should have posted your black square if I posted my black square this would never have happened it's killing me while we Damn. while we wait for Nezzy's um internet to be freed from the shackles of oppression uh mm. <laughs> <laughs> I hundred percent agree with what Nezi was saying, man. It we have we know that we live in a generation where c- constant constant posting is seen as more important than informed posting. Um, and and like Nezi says, taking the time to actually understand that this is not a simple soundbite. It's not a let's go viral moment. These are people's lived realities. These are people's families. This is a literal life and death situation and not one that we should be taking lightly so um i know nezzy's not a big fan of us um agreeing for the whole pod so i will eventually come up with some obnoxious quote that's gonna that's gonna be taken out of context just so that we can have a little bit of conflict within the pod um but for the moment (laughs) i'm with you i stand with you my sister oh my Um, gosh like like all jokes aside though it's 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 really difficult. It is really difficult because I think the the last time Israel and Palestine were in the news, I tried to, I jumped in what I felt was too early and I had people on both sides being like, well, actually you're missing this key context or you're missing this detail. And this time around, I was like, actually, let me, let me be sensible and see what's being said, see what's coming from both sides. And What's nice is that I feel like I'm at a place where I'm very comfortable saying my priority is an end to the loss of innocent life. Like, I do not care 
for your politics of whether you believe that the two-state system is um, legitimate, whether you believe that the government is justified, whether you believe that supporting um, the Palestinian uh, fight for freedom from their their open-air prison is supporting terrorism. I don't care for your opinion on that. Where I stand is that whether it's Hamas, whether it's the Israeli government, no one should be using these innocent Israeli people, children, women, in, uh, innocent people, as pawns in a in a in a game of what is just, for want of a better phrase, a dick measuring contest. Right, being able to go I, whose rockets mm, are bigger. This is where I'm, I'm going to definitely disagree. And, oh, he's done uh, it. No, no, no. He's he, he said that he was going to say something I, I like, "I'm not going to disagree with." So he's thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate You're welcome. You, I do I do it for for the for the pod. Um yeah, my my thing is, right? I I'm no longer going to be swung by just what I see on um on on social media because both sides are doing a very good job of trying to release their side of the story and I will be honest, I don't speak Arabic. So you can post a video and if it's entirely in Arabic and you just put captions, I I have no idea how to confirm whether what you're telling me it's saying is what it's saying. So I'm not going to be swayed by that, but I know that where I stand morally is that I do not support um, the killing of innocents. I do not believe in uh, the open air prison. I do not believe that any state has a right to take collective action against innocent civilians on the basis of uh uh one small group's actions and that's that's where i stand so regardless of how many videos you want to send me i know where morally i stand and that is what i stand on Over to um you. yeah i I've, i feel like i hear where you're coming from i think i slightly disagree in the sense that i I think we do, though, have to be, for me personally, I think I do have to be very vocal about the fact that I feel like the Israeli government has created an apartheid system in Israel with Palestine. I think the ongoing occupation is wrong. I think Israel has committed multiple war crimes over the years against Palestinian people. Um, And I stand with the Palestinian people. Like, I don't, I don't acknowledge the state of Israel as a legitimate state like I don't um and I stand with the people of Palestine and I think for me it's important to say that um when I say I don't I don't recognize Israel as a legitimate state I I think the way that Israel has been created has been it's it to me it's colonization like it's you can't you just to me you cannot come into a place where people are already living and forcefully displace them and the and then that's a legitimate state to me, in my mind. Um, I understand that it's a very emotive issue and I understand the history of the Jewish people and I understand the history of what happened during the Holocaust and why the state of Israel has deep significance for a lot of Jewish people. But I feel like we have, you know, the powers that were at the time, they made a massive mistake in how they they did things. And I think regardless of... um. Regardless of the fact that the bottom line is innocent lives, 
and that innocent lives should not be lost. And there are innocent lives being lost on both sides. And let me be clear, this is not me saying that I support Hamas. Hamas has committed war crimes. I think that's, that, you know, we that's clear to me. I think it's also clear that the state of Israel has committed war crimes. But I think we're not going to have peace in this region until the Palestinian people are not kept like prisoners in Gaza. Like, I, I do not think we're going to have... And I don't think we bring any kind of end to the situation when we kind of do like a, mm, I can see it from both sides thing, because what it does, I think is downplays what Israel is doing to the Palestinian people and has done. And that doesn't justify the actions of Hamas. It doesn't mean that what Hamas did was at all justified, but it does mean that we can see the reasons why it happened. And that if we do not, if the underlying problem isn't dealt with, this is going to continue. Yeah. And in and, and this this I think is is where we need a little bit of like bigger picture viewing, right? Across the world, across history, you look at how the conditions for um any kind of colonial action almost always, almost always lead to violent insurrection. Like there I, I can't think of any of an instance where violently occupying through military force another country or uh, restricting the movement of a people within that area hasn't resulted in violence for liberation like while i yeah it's like like you said we're not we're not supporting or condoning the actions of hamas or the the criminal actions we can understand the causes for it, right? It's the same way we spoke about um, people this this week have tried to use uh, Northern Ireland and, and Ireland as an example, but we saw violence in Northern Ireland as a result of the British military occupation. People have spoken about the war on terror, right? And we saw the rise of multiple terror groups as a result of the military occupations. People have spoken about South Africa and the apartheid state, and we saw violence as a result of those uh, military-enforced apartheid rules. Like, there is no, there is no example in history where a, a, a military occupation and, and that kind of, of state-sponsored violence against a group of people, whether through ethnicity, whether through religion, hasn't led to violent re- revolution. And and this is no different. It's like you say, if we want peace, the reality is there needs to be an end of the of the o- occupation, an end of the uh, imprisonment. So I was going to say, like, <clears throat> I think, so my question to you then, Tinde, would be, because you mentioned, like, you thought it was like a dick measuring contest. What part of it, hmm. why did you refer to it like that? Like, what were you referring to as that? Like the, for me, the way the, particularly the, the, the government officials who have appeared on, on the news recently have spoken about it. It is the whole, look, we have a right to defend ourselves by any means possible and we will show the full extent of the power of the nation of Israel. We are not going to be, uh, we're not going to be bullied by Hamas, which completely, like it disregards the difference in like volume and size, like the infographics you see about the the scale of deaths 
uh, of the death tolls of Palestinians and, Is- and Israeli people over the years. Like, the fact that it still comes down to, well, they killed 700 of ours, so we must retaliate with the full extent of our might when you don't recognize that actually what you're looking at is this is a a year six on the playground fighting a sick former and nobody's looking at it at the fact that why are you why are we not looking at this in context why are we not putting it into the reasonableness as opposed to just letting them come on here and spew what is incredibly um it's it's charged language and and even the way that they always conflate the state of israel with all jewish people and judaism as a whole like this idea that yeah anything any rhetoric that is anti-israeli government any rhetoric that is um speaking out against what is a very illegal occupation is directly linked to the the anti-Semitism. And as such, let's show you just how just how strong we are, just how much force we have, and the anyone who doesn't stand against us is anti-Semitic. So anyway, well, anyways not for us is anti yeah. Go yeah, anyways yeah. not for you is anti-Semitic. Yeah. I think the weaponization of anti-Semitism by I guess the state of Israel is has been shown. Like I, I think for me gonna sound gonna sound controversial but i think what's difficult about this right i went back to i actually saw this whole situation i went back to nat turner and i thought about what nat turner did and how african-americans viewed him versus how white people would have viewed him like by our standards today nat turner is a terrorist like by what people define as what a terrorist is so for those of you who don't know who nat turner is nat turner was a baptist preacher who I think this is like the 1800s, like led a slave rebellion. I think it was, yeah, it was 1831. A sl- Wait, no, I'm very wrong. No, I'm right. 1831, it was a Southampton insurrection, it's called. So he basically killed like, he, he led a bunch of people to kill, basically just went and killed a bunch of white people, like 55, 60 white people. And to African-Americans, Nat Turner is a hero because he was like sort of fighting back against their enslavement. But to the white people at the time, he was a terrorist. And so I guess, you know, everybody will say, everyone will start by saying we can completely condemn what Hamas is doing and it's it's terrible. So to me, I'm like, I don't like, I don't think, I don't want innocent civilians to die. Like I can say that a hundred percent, but I'm like, at what point does one person's terrorist become somebody else's freedom fighter? And to what degree do the people of Palestine think, oh, these guys are fighting for our freedom versus them thinking, no, these are terrorists and they don't represent us. The same way I think with the IRA, like at what point do the Irish people think, yeah, they do represent us or no, these are terrorists. And I feel like in the moment, it's very much like everyone will just condemn like killing innocent people. Of course, like you, everyone will do that. But then you think, well, depending on what they're fighting for, does that change? Because we're talking about international law, right? Israel are like, look, whatever happens, I'm defending my people and I'm we're riding out. We're wiping these people off the map. I don't care about no international law. I'm just doing what I need to do. The same way that Hamas is like, look, I'm defending my people. And I'm not saying the same way, but I'm saying 
at the end of the day, that's what they're 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 portraying it as. And the same way Hamas is like, look, I'm defending Palestinians by whichever means. If you, everyone has to get done, everyone has to get done. The same way that Nat Turner was like, look, I'm fighting for my people. And so I, I just I just have that that thought about like terrorism and freedom fighters and what you know what ultimately international law even means in this context. Because I'm like, you know, for Israel from Israel's perspective. They're like, look, we just had our very own 9-11. Don't talk to me about no international law. I'm out here riding for my people. And Hamas are like, look, don't talk to me about like they're not they don't care about international law. They're trying to get freedom for Palestinians. So I don't know. That's just one of the things that I was thinking about. Um, I also the the idea about innocent civilians, and I, I think I said this before when it came to the terrorist attacks in London that of course civilians are innocent in a sense but also we are participants in this state right by being in this state and paying our taxes and voting in whatever governments we are participants in this state and so though as civilians we're innocent we are part of this country and whatever political things they decide to undergo right and I was thinking, and this might be slightly controversial, and I really want to be careful how I phrase this, but if you have moved to Israel as, for example, an American who has Jewish heritage or whatever, and you've moved to Israel to live, like you've previously brought up in Europe or Israel, a Europe or America, and you've moved to Israel to live there, knowing that the conditions for you being able to live there were that the Palestinian people have been displaced from their their homes. Can we fully say that you are completely innocent in that situation? And I and I'm and I'm saying this really carefully because what I'm not saying is that those civilians deserved to die in that way. But what I'm saying is, you are the whole the whole concept of the state of Israel as in its current form is literally based on the fact that that land was given to them while people were already living there. And in order for them to occupy that space, those people had to be moved from where they were already living. And I can't remember what the word is that the Palestinians used to describe the time period in which they were like, loads of them were essentially like forced to be removed from their homes. Yeah, I think, I can't remember what it's called. There's a word in like, I don't know if it's in Arabic. I thought um, it was Intifada, but, but I'm not sure. I thought it begins with N. Um, oh, is it N? Oh, and I think I know you talk. I'm going to like Google it because I want to get the word right. The Nakba. Um, they call it. And it's basically where they were all forced to be like, a lot were forced to be removed in order for people to be able to come. And so I watched a video of an American... American Israeli basically saying she was like, "Oh, I hear. I'm so happy when I hear our Israeli forces absolutely pounding Gaza that I can hear them bombing in the distance, and it brings so much joy to my heart." And I'm like, I'm sure that just that there's diversity of thought amongst Palestinians, there's diversity of thought amongst Israelis, right? So there are people who probably have so many different views about what is happening in Israel, but at the same time, in order for them to be able to be there. It's conditional, like for them to exist as they are, it's literally conditional on the Palestinians being imprisoned in Gaza. 
and I just think that is a reality that we have to like address. Like we can't just be like, you're just living there. Like you're living there. You have to have the knowledge that somebody else has been displaced for you to live there. And I think it's the yeah. same with, and I think it can be, you, you can say that's the same for lots of, like even for example, for like people in America and it's not the same time, time um, frame. Frame, but people, you know, there's some white Americans in, in America who are very cognizant of the fact that the reason why they have the land that they have is because they displace Native Americans, and that because they displace Native Americans, there are reparations that are owed. There is a debt to be owed. There's a respect that is due because that land was not originally theirs, and it was gained through colonization and through acts of genocide. And I just, I'm just wondering, I'm not hearing the recognition, like I'm not hearing in media and maybe it's just because I've missed it, but I'm not hearing from Israelis on the ground any kind of recognition that the reason why they're able to live as they are is because they've displaced Palestinians. So I think I would say that's, I wouldn't say it's unfair to say that, but I think the other, the other side of that is right. The narrative in the media, like, you know what the narrative is. The narrative is, Israel has a right to defend itself. That's all we've heard for like the past seven, eight, nine days, right? So the only people that are able to speak on this subject really are people that are going to come and say that. Other than that, you're not hearing, because there's, you know what I'm saying? There's people, say the protests that happened this weekend, there will have been Israelis and Jews as part of that. And which is why I feel like you have to just take in context. Because cause to me, I hear what you're saying about maybe people that's moved no, but that's what I think there's a difference extent, between... At the, at the same time, there's loads of Jewish people speaking out against... You can't choose where you're born. ...what's happening in Palestine. But I'm talking about people who are actually Israelis who are living in Israel. The, the government is coming for the our podcast. The government is coming for our podcast. I think we've been too... It was the government. Too, too <laughs> much <Dumpty>. truth. Humpty <laughs> sat on a wall. How Humpty did he Dumpty get there? had a great fall. You know what I'm saying? But who toppled him? This is the question. Who pushed the questions that you're answering? No, I I hear it. Uh, Like what I was, what I was going to say is, I think the the same way you're talking about the awareness of the way that America has the land that it has now um, is the way that we're not talking about the role that the British and the UN played in creating this uh, situation in the first place. deserves corn. Uh, More than that. Because the the reality is this this was caused because after a whole century's worth of trying to move and eradicate and genocidal tendencies of Jews in Europe, they decided that the right thing to do to make up for those genocidal tendencies in Europe was to move them out of Europe into the Middle East to be someone else's problem. And that, for me, is really the heart of this. That's what we're not hearing enough about, is the role and the responsibility that Britain and the UN should hold. Mm. Like All of these governments that just decided... um, just for fun that yeah this we're gonna we're gonna take you back to your your historic biblical legacy birthright um but 
we are not going to do any of the work. Once it gets to the point where we have to actually go into the detail and think about how we create this two-state system that we designed out of nowhere unilaterally, we're not going to do any of that work. We've, we've done enough by simply saying it must be so. We've written some documents, but actually now we're good. As soon as it gets into it, this isn't actually our fight, so we don't care that much, or we don't care enough to actually see it through. And, and that for me, like you take away, um, when, when you talk about like the responsibility of people who did move there, when I talk about um, the, the innocent lives, I'm talking about people who were re repatriated there by the British, who were right. then have families there who have generational generations that have come there. Yes, you can be you can be aware of how you have come to have somewhere to call home. You can also be aware of the history of why you did not have anywhere to call home in the first place and still be innocent. The same way not everyone in this country is voting for this conservative government that continues to do damage to its own citizens, let alone the yeah. impact abroad. Exactly. Not everyone agrees with Netanyahu. Like, and I think the one, the thing, I think one of the things that frustrates me, and this is actually on both sides. Like, I know people don't like the whole both sides thing, but this is like, you know how it was like Jewish restaurants, whatever, that were getting smashed up or whatever. And it's like, bro, like, what are you even, what does that, what does that, what does that achieve apart from ruining your, the cause that you're fighting for? At the end of the day, like, to conflate Israel, like to me, conflating Israel with Jews is anti-Semitic. One, really, because as a black person, there are black Jews. Don't conflate, like you can't conflate that. You know what I'm saying? And I think it that's one of the biggest yeah, things that, that I've... Part of, the, part of the problem is also that Zionists have pushed that particular agenda consistently. So why I think, it, I do think it's anti-Semitic to conflate the state of Israel with, 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 Jewish, with Jewish people there yeah. has also been a particular agenda from Zionists and from certain people in the state of Israel to try and make sure that that it, that there is always that consistent connection so that any criticism of the state of Israel is perceived as anti-Semitic. Like, so and it's difficult reject, because... We reject, yeah, we need to reject yeah, that. Yeah, and though. I, 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 I agree with you. That. I think we need to loudly reject that. But I think what has been really good is how many Jewish people have been vocal about not supporting the state of Israel because I think when it comes I think rightly when people who are non-Jewish say certain things because anti-semitism is real like it's not that anti-semitism doesn't exist it is real I understand the suspicion when certain groups of people are condemning the state of Israel um that it is anti-semitic it's coming from a place of anti of anti-semitism um yeah so I think because I think that, that can been, be a thing yeah, it can be a thing. Like, it literally, people can be anti-Semitic and criticize the state of Israel. Like, they're, and they're doing it because they're anti-Semitic. So, I think when Jewish people criticize the state of Israel, primarily, like, I feel like their voices should be, their voices should be elevated in this conversation because they can speak from a place that none of us who are not Jewish can speak from or speak about. But no, and we'll wrap on this, but. You know, I kind of find it interesting is like, I wonder if those Jews 
who speak out against the state of Israel are maybe seen by some, not by everyone, obviously, but some people in the Jewish community as the way that we might view, or that some black people might view black conservatives. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Like I don't think it's the same, race, but I like think some race, of them are. I'm not saying it's the same, but I'm just saying, I wonder if they, if they have that same thing, like, oh, you're like a traitor to us and like, you know, you should be riding with I us. I don't like, think it's the same at with? all, but I do, I have seen, I have seen the rhetoric, but I, from what I see, the people who say those kind of things are like the right wingers of the community, yeah. as in the, like the, the traditionalists, the, on the, I feel like the vast majority of like secular liberal Jews, from what I've seen, have at least somewhat of a nuanced view on the same as well. Like they might not necessarily be complete to the point with like free Palestine, but they definitely don't necessarily hold the kind of traditionalist view, which is that the Jewish people have a historic right to the land based on the Bible, well, not about the Bible, right. sorry, but the Torah or based on the, their the conception text. of. I'm sorry, that's another thing that yeah. I hate is these like uh, bloody Christians going on Let's about Let's talk um, on that because I can go in on Israel. that. Bro. I prophecy. Shut up. Also, because a lot of them are anti-Semitic and like they actually see Jewish people just as little like trophies or pawns in their over, this, this massive like the, theological like maze that they've created especially to do with like end time theology and what's exactly. going to happen at the end of the world of the state of israel so it's got nothing to do with them actually having any care for israelis and it's all to do with this like kind of self-serving the idea way of the way that think... we're going to get to the rapture and we're going to be yeah is if which israel... is... Yeah. exactly yeah which makes it really deplorable and it's also based on a really like the state of israel as we say today is not the, the is the israelites as understood by like mainstream Christians of the biblical text. And I obviously understand that the Christian Bible and the Jewish totally. sacred texts are uh, very different things. Um, but how Christians, how we understand the state of Israel is literally not what the state of Israel it's is. Just the, it's so a, it's just it's such a just weird thing to do. Country, yeah. Because you know what I'm saying? If you read your Bible, Romans 9 verse 6, it's about spiritual Israel, not yeah. literal. Come on. Read your um, Bible, pray every day. You know what I'm pray saying? Every day. And you'll grow, grow. 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 Do you know what? You know, but to go back to the original point, yeah? What I thought was crazy is that anytime someone makes a statement, it's either like um, complete adoration of their statement from one side and complete. It's just like this. It's so polarized, yeah, that you just. Yeah. you. It's crazy. It's like crazy. Celebrities no, making statements, like, and people are like make statements, say- make statements. Why aren't you saying anything? And then when they make statements, how could you say that? It's like, oh, bro, why no, do you want to hear from these people? people? Be, the celebrities who have tried to be a bit neutral have also caught it. So yeah. I feel that's like not, that's what I'm saying. They've caught it for being neutral. Like no, yeah, aside. You're, you're not. You need to pick a side. Um, you know what I'm saying. So if I honestly, if I was Gaza a celebrity situation, I would literally just come down. I would literally just say what I actually thought genuinely because it's like either way you're going to get oh I would just stay completely silent yeah, and I even just, saying I completely believe, silent I my social media some, yeah it's going to catch <laughs> you some stuff but I would either stay completely silent or I would literally just post a picture of like a child <laughs> and be and like say, I love children pray for the, like pray for the children that's literally like the only thing 
that's yeah. going to get you not. And even then, people are going to be like, which children? Like, people yeah, yeah. exactly. Which children do you, you care, care about? about? Like, and yeah. it's like, how, you can care about all children. Like, when, it's when, really possible. When you, say, when you say children, why not the elderly? Huh? Mm. Why not the octogenarians? <laughs> well, they deserve no, life too. Why do you hate that. pensioners? Wait, I literally what? read someone, read someone, I literally read, and do you know what, to be fair, they made a good point. They were like, when we say, um, like, what about the children? We're almost acting as if, like, adults' lives are less, like, it's less relevant. And it, they were like, all, all none, of, none, none of these ages of people should be in this conflict. And I was like, I hear it, but yeah, also, true, I feel but like, like when you're 80 plus, it's, you'd be all right. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm done. Anyway. Uh, like I just feel like yeah, I understand. Children didn't children didn't vote for this. Children didn't have a say. Yeah, in children, children. Are, what we when we people say children, it's because children are children are literally definitely a hundred percent people you can say are hundred percent innocent in the situation. Yeah. Like regardless yeah. of which country they are in, they, didn't choose they did anything. not choose to be, be there. They don't have the, they're not old enough to choose to leave. Like they're just there because their parents gave like created them there. So they are a hundred percent innocent in the situation. And it's very fine to say I care about all the children on, on all the sides because everybody should like that should be like the limit like the the least nah, of everyone's humanity should be. Nah, to care it's about not enough. Children. It's not enough. But now I also think as well, I'm not going to go down this road. But I just feel like, man, when you're a child, at the end of the day, at, there's a certain point at which you're starting to make decisions, and then whatever propaganda that you've been part of form or whatever the context that you find yourself informs who you are. So whilst yeah adults can be culpable there's like a lot of it about their people's upbringing that shapes them and makes them who whoever they are like say if you're on the idf like you've been taught your whole life that palestinians mm-hmm. are trying to kill you and you better just sign up or if you you know you're hamas you've been taught your whole life that israel has been well like it's not taught it's just a fact that they control your electricity and water and them things there and they shouldn't. So you want to get out from under their boot, which anyway, um, yeah, either way, all we can say as a podcast is um, we stand with Jamaica in this conflict. And um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the official position of the podcast. Now, I think like I would say personally, like just from a personal standpoint, like I view the conflict as in like, Palestinians shouldn't have had their land stolen from them. That's just a fact. And right now it's just beef. And I understand the beef. Sometimes I understand why it's happened like this. It's sad that it has happened like this, but ultimately I don't know what, I don't know what the solution is because the West have clearly picked their side and they don't care about no international law. So I understand why Hamas are just like, bro, we're doing an absolute, madness even though it's horrendous and terrible Ah, life is crazy man um moving on to something more um i guess light-hearted do you guys see um the hatred that jada's been getting on social media she has been getting pummeled to bits (laughs) and you know is discovered so much about these this couple this against annoying my family. Will. Oh, they, they, they've got my <laughs> However, life. However, I have you're... also discovered some of it with my will. I'm not going to lie. I've also. <laughs> well, well, if you're if you're discovering it with your will, that's seven years worth of will more than Jada has had, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. That's that's uh, 
that's all my time for today. I will. Uh, I'll be back this time next month. <laughs> like I just, nah. I feel like what what's killed me. Yeah, I think what killed me is that the whole time we was like, keep my wife's name out of your. I I just like, bro. Just like, you guys you said are what? She said, wife? Who is a wife? Not me. <laughs> That's what hurt the most. She said. She who? said. Who? Yeah, she said. I don't know why. <laughs> Yo, that's so dread. But what that's I so what dread. I find really interesting is that people have a really short term memory because there's a lot of hatred for Jada online, and I understand why. If so, a lot of, I haven't read Will's memoir, but apparently in Will's memoir, he's quite open about the fact that he cheated. That he did a bunch of stuff. So this is not it, like an innocent it, man. But is it cheating though? Huh? Is it cheating though? Like, has anything they've done technically been cheating? I don't know if it had. Are they in an open relationship? No, I think this is. I think this was before their relationship was like open. Oh, became or whatever, open. Okay, or fair, whatever it is. Fair. Yeah. So I, she. Everyone is portraying Jada as like this this witch, this like succubus who's. <laughs> and I'm like, Will Smith is the, like. Think back to Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That wasn't his persona of Fresh Prince of Bel Air wasn't like an entire fabrication. Like so, you know, he, he was acting, he right? He, he wasn't. <laughs> I know he was acting. But he what was, I'm he saying didn't really is, sleep like, with all whole, of those women. That that wasn't no, apparently. Like, according uncle, to yeah, she was. He actually didn't have an, a, a rich uncle that moved him out. Oh like, my god, J- James James Avery wasn't his uncle. Yeah, and I, I, I realized that, but but DJ Jazzy Jeff was one of his really good friends. So for the rest of it, so, so really what we I'm say. just like, what, we what, what was faction? What was fiction and what was fact? Did, did Aunt Viv really get lighter? Was she bleaching? <laughs> Why are we not exposed I don't know what's fact and what's fiction in that show. Tatiana Ali wanted a little respect. That's all. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of feel like I, I did, so I was talking about it with my guys in the group chat. I was like, nah, I'm sorry. I feel like this is why when your parents tell you who you get married to is such a is a big deal. It's a big deal. I feel like Will's <laughs> life goes completely different if you marry someone someone else. Like, I just think I just think Jade is a bit tapped. Like, regardless of, you know. I'm not trying to, so it's not because she's a black woman. I just, I just think she, Jada, her, she's just a bit tapped. I think that's why their kids are just a bit weird. But then also my friend was like, at the same time, Will was kind of potentially on the Scientology thing as well. But I'm like, oh, was that Jada? Was that him? I don't know. I just feel like Will became a bit weird when um, he married Jada and then their kids are a bit weird. And his whole life from that point has just been a bit weird. And I, yeah, that that that's that's my thing. I feel like he probably just made the wrong decision. Like looks wise, no, but personality, but I don't know. Uh, oh, apparently, I'm wrong. Sorry, I'm just going to read this statement. Uh, Jada said, "I think where where that got confusing in is that as time went on, there were different stages in my marriage. Where Will and I decided we were not together. We didn't tell the public. Where I was actually thinking about divorcing, separating." There have been several of those where we've gone and lived our separate lives. So I think that's where people would have thought, oh, they must be having an open relationship. She shared that she was aware that there was much speculation about infidelity on her part in particular. And then she said, blah, blah, blah. blah. Um, 
Yeah, basically, she said that neither of them have ever had an affair. I guess well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Will Smith has been found not guilty. Not guilty. Well, Black men don't she, cheat. Neither, neither has she, because apparently, all the times when they had other people, they were separated or whatever. No, I, don't know. I mean, you 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 laid an accusation at the feet of William J. Smith. Mm. And I did. He now has been found. He's been, he's been liberated. Um, yeah. no, I, I, feel like, I just don't care. I just oh, also that care. I don't care. I don't care either. It's like, hilarious though. It's it's weird how just how well oiled this machine is that the the media will go out to find them to interview them to get a soundbite to get a clip to get a quote. That quote will get taken out of context. That will get spread across social media. Social media will react and say, why do I know so much about them? Uh, And they'll continue to provide the analytics and the data that says people respond and engage with content about Will and Jada. And so the media outlets then continue to go and look out, seek out, and I say Will and Jada, really Jada, because Jada is doing a lot of a lot of revelations. She, she's a chatty patty, that one. No, but to be honest, is she's, she chatty, but she's releasing report. a memoir. That's literally what people do when they release a memoir. Yeah. She's releasing a book and she's talking about what the contents of said book. Like, what else is she supposed to do? Like, it's like people don't want her to, do you want her to just not release the memoir? And yes. the thing is, her memoir is going to do numbers because best believe, I'm buying that memoir. <laughs> you I will. You messy. You buying that <laughs> memoir. Messy, messy. <laughs> I am waiting for my Audible credits to renew at the end of the month. That is All so funny. Credit, I will be purchasing that memoir. So it's like, she's talking, but the people want to hear. Like a lot of people are saying, oh, it's against my will. But you're still talking about her 100%. at the end of the day. Like you're, you're still like, talking about her. It's the machine. The machine yeah. does what it needs to do. It sees where the engagement is coming from. And it will continue to create the content that drives engagement. Like, but can I also say that this is also sort of like every time I see an example of an, some kind of open relationship or alternative monogamy or whatever, it just reaffirms my f- belief that I honestly just don't believe in it. Like I don't believe in open relationships. I don't believe in poly whatever. That's just my personal belief. I just oh, don't believe they man, work. I'm sorry. I know you sent you sent the memo to say we were supposed to convert Nezi. Uh, we'll continue the work. If you think <laughs> I don't believe in open relationships, Trini Man absolutely definitely is. I'm, I'm probably more open-minded when it comes to that kind of stuff. That he absolutely would not. He's There's not interested. Every time I try to get changed, Trini Man will literally go and close every window in the house. Like, he, he is absolutely <laughs> paranoid about people watching me get changed. Like, I've... That said, I've like seen, I didn't even occur to think about I've, it. He I've seen like, the Prince Harry and Meghan, Meghan uh, documentary. I'm not going to let that happen to my wife. <laughs> <That's a terrible laughs> <thing>. <laughs> wow, the accent was. Um... That was Listen, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I've not done accents in a while. I'm going to try it. <laughs> he literally will be like, just like every single shutter is closed. I'm like, do you really need to relax? I love it. I love it. But uh, do you know what? I, yeah, this, this last month, I feel like has been a real reminder of just 
the weirdness of celeb culture, man. So from Jada and Will, the David Beckham documentary, which I think was interesting in itself. Can we talk about this? I've not watched it yet, so I... I No, 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 it's not that. It's just one clip when Victoria Beckham says she's working class. Oh, yeah, yeah, that. Say again. What do you guys think of that? Um, the <laughs> clip where Victoria's like, yeah, so we grew up a bit working class and David pokes his head and goes, be honest. Be honest. What kind of car did you drive? No, tell did them what car your dad drove. Tell them. Like, it depends. It depends no, 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 no. no. The tell them. Tell them, Victoria. <laughs> it depends. No, Victoria, tell them. Tell the truth. It depends. Tell the truth, Victoria. What kind of car was it? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we both You're not, not going to lie on my background. documentary, Victoria. All right. <laughs> I told the truth about my kick at the World Cup. You're going to tell the truth about your dad giving giving you a lift in your <laughs> private school in a Rolls Royce, all right? <laughs> Carry on. So um, one thing I said was that I think there's a type of... Um, I completely understand why people like Victoria Beckham see themselves as working class because there's a type of wealthy, that kind of like Essex, East End, white, wealthy which has more in common with white working class culture than the kind of made in chelsea kind of type of wealthy right and that's because class in england is so like ridiculous and complicated and it's not about it's not about money like it is partly about money but a lot of it is actually like not about money at all and so i completely understand why victoria beckham would would perceive her and people like Victoria Beckham's dad would perceive themselves as working class there's a lot of white working class men who've made their wealth from like building trade plumbing like whatever and they might have owned like three houses and send their children to private school but culturally they feel very aligned with the white working working class yeah 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 yeah, I, I think I think the whole thing for so go go back to my point. The the whole thing was just how odd the fascination with celebrity culture is. So that documentary, the fact that there's a Rebecca Vardy, Wagatha Christie documentary coming out on uh, Disney Come Plus on. next month. Juan Colleen. Absolutely love Rebecca Vardy. Juan Vardy. <laughs> um, no, who's the one that I like? No, sorry, I love. Colleen. Colleen Rooney. Like, <laughs> Colleen Rooney. Genius. Not, not, not Rebecca Vardy. It was Rebecca Vardy. It was Rebecca Vardy. Um, genius, Absolute but also... Genius. We just know too much. We, we know too much about each other. Um, it, I'm even getting a bit... And I never thought the day would come where I grew tired of shows like Love is Blind and Married at First Sight and all of these trash TV shows that are creating these these new pseudo celebrities, like even the uh, celeb boxing that KSI and Logan Paul's company do. Like all of it is just maybe I'm getting old. Am I old now? I don't think it's old, but it's, I think it's also because a lot of them are to me like just not very interesting people. Yeah. Like they're not very interesting or unique. I just feel like it's just several versions of a similar type of thing with a similar type of drama. Yeah. It's like how many reiterations of like, you've got a child for this person who is now slept with this person. 
who has cheated on you. Like, I just don't, it's just, it all blends into one, like, messy, yeah, into one messy reality show. The only, um, I'm trying to think, bring back celebrities. I know it's weird that I'm saying this, but I actually like Beyonce's version of celebrity. Mm. Like, I like the mystery. I like that I'm so above you that you can't know anything about my life apart from the tiny snippets that I very carefully <laughs> curate and, like, drop with my visual album. I am like, why can you guys not look at Beyonce's example mm. and see how... Look at where Beyonce is in her celebrityness. Like, because she I, is at the top of her game. And yeah. she very carefully creates... She doesn't tell us a lot about her life. I was listening to... What songs I listened to by the Carters the other day? I think it's called Love Happy. Hmm. And she it, she basically, she will tell any business that she wants you to know, she'll tell you in a song and she'll drop yeah. like a one line. I think there's one line in the song where she's like, um, like I had to buy a new ring because you messed up the first one. Okay. And Jay-Z's like, oh, chill. Do you see what I mean? Like, <laughs> that that's, the only, that's the only thing I know. <laughs> like, I don't know the ins and outs. All I know is what they said on like one Jay-Z interview and on Lemonade album. Yeah. And it's a, it's a great way to do it. It's artistic. I actually get a song. So it's mm. actually of, of use to me. But these other celebrities, they're just dropping information willy nilly. Well, here's, yeah, inter- here's the interesting thing, because I had said on this podcast many a time, these celebrities just shut up and make music. And when I said that, you don't got on to me. But look, okay, but we're in agreement. That was a completely context. different context. It's a completely different context. How dare you? Completely different context. How you were saying you? they shouldn't speak on social issues. Like we're they saying, we don't passionate. want to know what's happening Social in their issues, bedroom. You're their their like, yeah. oh, please, please stop giving us your opinion on whether you think people deserve to eat. Yuck, <laughs> Harry. <laughs> Legit, I don't want to know. You want the kids to starve? Just keep it to yourself. Do, do you know what it is, though? Like, you're right, Nezzy. Because my favorite example for that, even more than Beyonce, Kerry Washington. Yes. Do you know oh gosh, what Kerry Washington's husband looks like? Unlikely. I had Barely. to search him. I'm legally blind. I don't even know what Kerry Washington looks like at this point. No, you do, because she is constantly with, uh, um, what's his face from from Scandal. They If if either of them has at anything point, to promote. At this point, they're the ones who are married. If Juicy's either of them has anything to promote. They will, they will 100%. They'll pull out that card again. They'll look flirty. They'll bring out the chemistry. Mm. And I who respect. Who are you talking them about? The so guy from Scandal. Who's that? Um, the one who played Fitz, oh, the president. Nah, I don't know. To be fair, I've never watched Scandal, so this is as useless. I, I think you're missing out. That's where. That's what, that's. If we're gonna go no, light scandal, turns, oh, really? watch Scandal. You know what is it good? House of Cards is good. You know. <sighs> Do you know what it, it is? But it's tainted. It's tainted. Nah, it but tainted? well, it it can be, but. For Kevin, me, Kevin this is what Spacey, I'm saying. I don't, oh, I don't yeah. want to know about it. Although when I was watching the show, I was like, I can't lie. I know you got off, but it, from the show, it kind of feels like you did it. <laughs> from the way you are on the show, it kind of feels like you did do that. But um, no, I get, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. But um, yeah, it's been Tony, interesting to watch with the knowledge of what Kevin Spacey did as well. What's what's the name of the big studio? Like Goldwyn, Tony Goldwyn. Um. Mm. As in legacy, his family owned the studio. MGM, yeah, like yeah. MGM, like dope. But the fact that they both have their happy relationships, 
Both of them are super confident, super quiet about it, but they'll come together. They'll give the fans what they want to see with a little bit of, we acted well, we had the best on-screen chemistry you've ever seen. And then you disappear. I love that. That's what I want from a celebrity. I really like, do you know what other celebrity I also like? Um, Erica Badu. Erica Badu doesn't really do mess either. She's not really messy like that. I don't know. She leaves mess. When you say she like, doesn't do mess, yeah, but she doesn't talk about the mess. <laughs> she doesn't what, say a word. What Erica Badu has like three baby daddies, and we don't really even know why those relationships ended. Like, we have no idea why she left Common, why she left Andre Three Thousand, why she left Jay Electronica. She leaves a train no, of she, Did she leave? Did she leave all of them? I mean, I feel like she probably we did. We don't know. I don't, don't even know. really know who left who. We don't know how it she happened. Like, she doesn't Which talk I about know. it. I they, know, and they right? don't talk about she, she exactly. has Listen, Erica Badu is the prime example of control your your men, control yeah. your side pieces. Erica Badu has all of those men on a leash. Erica they, Badu they turned on their three thousand into a traveling flute player. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> like, I just, wait, wait. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Is I just powerful. Hold up. I just clocked. You're talking absolute nonsense. Let me just, I'm going to Wikipedia, yeah? In January 2018, she got accused of anti-Semitism where she said, she told an, a Tel Aviv crowd, Louis Farrakhan is not an anti-Semite, he loves all people. She said, I'm a humanist, I see good in everybody, I saw something good in Hitler. Then she asked, to, she clarified her comments by praising his paintings. And then she said, <laughs> I love your country. <laughs> no, but you know what? But, but this is how you know that woman is into Obia. Because no. really, did I even remember that? <laughs> no, no, no. That's how you that know Erica Blue is into Obia. Because, because she says wild things. She says wild things. And the the news cycle moves on so quickly. It's unbelievable. And then like, she said, she gave, oh she gave, support, gosh, to, she gave support to R. Kelly. She said, I don't know oh how everybody God. else feels right now. but I'm I don't care what right, anyone says. That woman, right is, now for her. Her woman is deep you. in her Obia. Because how do you do things like that? And like everyone forgets That's about insane. it? insane. She's into, insane. I don't care what says. She's she's, into it's because she's going no on the I, I just love and life for, love and light for everybody like I'm just out here she I is. just want the best she's for like, everybody I see the good in everybody she I see even good in everybody. said what did she say about um, oh my gosh it was what Bill I think Cosby. it was she said, she said he was sick time. it was the Bill Cosby she yes. said what he's, he's said, if Bill he's sick why would I be mad at him about like about like young girls wearing short skirts in schools like distracting male teachers oh wow do you guys not remember that? <laughs> now that you say it right, she actually said so many wild things. And the news cycle just moves on. She's never been, for, like, Eric Reduce never really been cancelled. No. She said things that I, I just honestly feel that if other people had said them, oh, they yeah, would have yeah. been cancelled more. Yeah, but is it, she's Erica Badu. She's, she's Erica Badu. Yeah, right. but, I, I, but I think she's, no, supporting, uh, like, sending up a prayer for, I mean, to me, I technically, I'll be real, I don't think praying for an evil person is a bad thing. I think we should, I, as a Christian, I believe we should pray for evil, for evil people. But if it was me and I was making a public statement, I'd be like, I pray that he gets brought to justice. I pray that he turns his life around, but I mostly pray for the victims because their lives are ruined. <laughs> like we pray for like, the public thing can't be, oh, I just pray for R. Kelly. Love and light, bro. The end. <laughs> That's mad. <laughs> I wow. I actually forgot about all that stuff. Okay, so yeah, maybe Erica Badu isn't my um. She's like, she's like, yeah, I, she, like, she's like so a toned, a much more toned down version of of Kanye. Who 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 am I actually? I think 
the people I'm thinking of are probably mostly from acting. So like Viola Davis and her husband. Viola Davis is another one. Like, oh, I love them. They're so cute. They're yeah, so but cute. at the same they, time, no, 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 no. But I, I feel like Viola Davis, Viola Davis is a bad example. Why? Yeah, because like, come on. She's not like, she doesn't give like glam celeb, like, you know what I'm saying? By like choice. crazy stories and stuff. I don't even by think it's by choice. choice. Okay, but. Do you do you, like it'd be different if Viola Davis was only popping up every now and again? Viola but Davis, I feel like her and aunties, it would just be like, Auntie, uh, like, Auntie, why are you doing that? No, it's not the same. Yeah, Viola Davis is not the same. I look at Viola Davis as like, if if I heard she was in some mess, I'd be like, Auntie, like, just don't do that, man. We love okay. You. I'm just her and Angela Bassett are kind of in the age range where I don't expect them to be in mess, they're of a different generation, they're not of like the messy generation are they Viola Davis is of the same generation of Brad Pitt and George Clooney in them really she just carries herself with maturity it's yeah, like she looks by old by choice I guess wait so Viola so Davis, Viola Davis. No, but also white Viola people Davis sorry white, cele- white man how old is yeah. Brad Pitt no but white celebrities are kind of different think about older black celebrities like Denzel Samuel Jackson yeah imagine Sidney Poitier I mean he's dead now isn't it but if he was into mess, he'd be like, bro, you what? I feel like there's a certain generation of black actors and actresses that you came up a at mess. a time where there was a standard of behavior that was like they almost carried themselves. There was a it was a bit more respectable respectability Important. politics vibes as well. They yeah. had there was definitely more sense of like we were Bring back the respectability politics blacks. That's why Esther yeah. Kiana would never never have existed in that time. Do you know what I mean? Like it just she would not have Who would occurred. Have? Who? What was her name Sukiyana? 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 Oh, Sukiyana. <laughs> Lord. Is that her name? Yeah, Sukiyana. And I don't care if it's supposed to be about politics. Sukiyana, I think, is absolutely... I uh, just... Anyway, I mean, she is tapped. The less I say about that, the better. No, no, she's tapped, though. She's tapped. Like, what happened to her was tapped, but she is also tapped. Her and Sexy Red, I just wish I could never... Everything, everything I've heard about them was absolutely against my will. That's I can say that. <laughs> you know what's sure. so funny? Absolutely I looked at Sukihana. She's released one mixed mixtape titled Wolf Pussy. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> Could someone explain what that even is? What even is that? What, what, Wolf Pussy. Just... Like, like, why is that a title of music that you released? <laughs> That's too funny. But. Yeah, but this is the thing. Shall I tell you what though? This is where this is where black conservatives get traction because they'll point to them and I'll be like, "See, this kind of behavior is why our black community is where it is." And and I'll be honest, yeah, this is gonna you can cancel me for this, but I do think, and it's not really. I don't really care personally. I don't care about other race. Well, that's not that's not what I mean. Not when I say I don't care about other races, I mean I'm focused. Wow. On, no, no, that's not what I mean. No, 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 no. You know what I mean when I say it's like I don't care about what other races. We it. You know how it's like when it's like when your mum's like, I don't care what ex child down the street is doing. I'm talking about you. And so for me, I feel like yeah, I d- I think we do have a problem with like some of the stuff that goes on like in our community like I think about like drill music right and I know where it comes from I get all of that and it wouldn't exist if they weren't in certain conditions but it is crazy that like we black people just be talking about killing each other so cash and like other races don't really do the same kind of thing 
obviously they're not in the same situation, but it's like, it's kind of crazy. It's just kind of crazy. Do you know what it is, right? I I'm very. I think I've I've reached the point where I realize I just need to stop saying no. Oh, other races don't do because I'm not in those circles. And when when we are in the room, they're not going to talk about house business around us. So for all I know, there is <laughs> there's a subculture that I'm not aware of. John. No, no, the thing is, I'm not saying they're not there doing is not. it. Let, let's be really honest. Like, this is what this is this is my I, problem as well with like black. Um, it's the, the new blacks. The, the progress. They pretend. They fake. Me, I'm not. Go- me, I'm not <laughs> they- going to talk about why I don't know. Everyone, like, you see, it's only Nigerians that you see doing this, and it's like I don't know if Ghana. Is I don't think it's that, that only like for, for a lot of things. I do think we sometimes are like, oh, it's only us who do, that, and it's just not true. Like, for example, the whole thing about um, people are like, oh, only black people are talking about like relationships and blah blah. I'm like, have what? you seen like Koreans? Korean. <laughs> I for some reason I went down a rabbit hole of like Korean um, YouTube. Like and like and Korean American YouTube, all Shout the same conversations we're we're having about relationships. <laughs> Korean Americans are having them too. There was even a thing about like if your boyfriend helps another woman who's struggling with her chopsticks with a particular type of Korean food, like is that okay? And I was like, this could literally be a conversation on Black Twitter about serving somebody a plate. Like, it's literally the same conversation. We've just changed utensils and food. Like, it's the same conversation. So, like, a lot of the conversations are similar across the races. But I do think there is not another race with another popularized form of music in the same way that talks about killing each other or whatever that we have with drill or like rap or hip, but it just it just isn't not that's it, not that's mainstream in... and accessible to us. And I think that's just the truth. I just but I just don't think that's not the most pressing issue in our community. Like I don't think it is. It's but not I do the, think it's, it's not also the most... true that we ha- it's, it's a not... reflection on the pro- one of some of the problems in our community. I, like I do, I think that is a given, and I don't think we can act like oh, it's just it's just art. Like it's not just yeah, and I think and I think that's but I think that's what and I think that's where black conservatives will get the upper hand when they're talking about this stuff because I'm like progressives sometimes just deny reality. I'm like, no, it's not. It isn't just art because people get stat like people are admitting their killings in the songs and they're riding up other people and they're going back and kill. Like it's not just a song. It's crazy that like you can talk about the, the way you actually killed somebody in like a school board. And that's just normal. Like that's a sign that there's an issue there. Like for me, but the issue is poverty. Like the underlying issue, of course, is poverty. Like mm. and I don't think it's really about like we don't need to be con- like condemning the kids and be like stop making that music because that's not going to make the difference. But I'm just like. But I also think sometimes we just make excuses because because like I was looking at that someone did a, bit, a little clip video of the stats of. Um, number of GCSEs, five ASAS GCSE grades by ethnicity. And white people were not at the top. It was like Chinese people, then Indian people, then white people. Then I think black Africans. Women, probably. And then I think Bangladesh, no. I think, then I think black Caribbeans, then um, Bangladeshis, and then Roma, Gypsy, Traveller, like whatever uh, Roma. so i was just like hmm it's just roma 
yeah, like, so, so like black Africans were quite a lot higher than black Caribbeans in that stratification. And I was just like, I'm sorry then. So it's not just about race. Clearly. Like it's not just about race. And I'm quite vocal about this as a black Caribbean person who was raised by two parents who were quite old school. So I would say the way that old school Caribbean parents raised their kids is similar to how like African parents now probably raise their children in some ways. As in like the the generation oh, before, not African parents now, but the generation like before, right? Mm-hmm. So I think we'll we'll see in a few generations. I don't know how it's going to play out, but Black Caribbeans were not always with. It was not always the situation, and I do think our history is different because we came to this country a little bit earlier, and so a lot of the things like the special schools and the things that were actually systematically done to damage Black Caribbean children and the place and education system were done before black Africans got here, right? But still, there is clearly, it's not just about race. There's still, there's clearly like a cultural component there as well. Mm. Because, so I'm just like, my problem is just like, we can, we can, there are some things that we can point to that's like, this has been done to us, but there are also some things that we can just take ownership of. And my problem is, is just like, why can't we just be honest and take ownership of the things that are actually stuff that we can control? But I think that my my biggest issue is, is, is talking about white people because black people ain't going to change. They're not going to do nothing for us. So yes, we know all the reasons, but we're just going to sit here and just be like, well, these are the reasons. The end. We got to be like, well, this is what we are as a community are going to do to move forward. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's my thing is like, we should always, we should be solutions focused and not like the root of the majority of our ills is white capitalism. Sure. But what are you going to do, man? Can't deny nothing. We have to move forward. Um, anyway. Amazing um, that we got there from, from Will and Jada. I don't know how we... I, I genuinely can't even work out Beautiful. how we got there. But we Beautiful. did. And that's the beauty of Tales from the Plantation. And speaking of Tales um, from the Plantation, I know that Nezi had a story that she... Well, I don't know if she wanted to share, but she's planning to share when while she f- figures out her how to unmute her yeah story. so basically i had a racial incident at work i was essentially chased out of somebody's home after being racially abused um yeah i i went as part of my job so i had to see people in their homes mm-hmm. and i went and the person in question Pros, I can't, I can't say too much without, yeah. But the person in question proceeded to racially abuse me and chase me out of the house. And <laughs> we are where we are, essentially. I can't say too much because of the nature of the job and the confidentiality and things like that. But ignoring the details of the person, what described the the racial incident? The racist um thing. racist jokes that were not funny um when i expressed that they were not funny i was essentially threatened and told to get out and that's what happened well um we we keep that person in our memory and we hope that whatever illness uh they they are suffering from jesus heals them when you know uh, i don't even care about that we we pray that it doesn't affect them in the afterlife. That's I think I think that's the best way. <laughs> I to just it. 
Oh, I yeah. thought you were going to pray that whatever illness has yeah. just take them and go on and speeds no, up. No, it, that's it, not, it, what, it, not what we're doing. No, no. Oh, is that it, not what it, we're doing? It, oh, sorry, we're doing we're doing New Testament. Okay, okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> New Testament, <laughs> Jesus. New Testament, Jesus. <laughs> I was trying to do a Psalms thing, but fair, fair, fair. Uh, if um, you're really going to go for it, go all the way Leviticus, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me, uh, Bible jokes. Yeah. Bible jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Christian memes. Um, uh, that's that's horrible, <laughs> man. Yeah, I'm actually really, um, actually really shaken up. I've never been, I've never had that level of physical aggression um, when I was by myself. Like I've had that in other settings where there's yeah. lots of other people around, um, but not by myself. And can you report that to anyone? Like, what what's the repercussions for that patient? Um. Again, I don't know how much I can say, um, but yeah, that will be that's going to be that will obviously be reported to the people, powers that be. Um, but yeah, like it was a very, um, it was a very, it was a very big wake up call to be honest, because I think when you have a lot of microaggressions, you're like prepared for microaggressions and you're not always prepared for the macroaggressions. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you know that they exist, but like for a lot of us as black people, especially in professional places, spaces, it's the microaggressions are constant and that wear you down. And then you kind of are like, Oh, when it actually gets aggressive, aggressive, you're like, Oh, okay. Um, We're getting like aggressive. I forgot we did this. I forgot we did this. Wow. You're right. You're right. You are still literally dangerous. That is. Yeah. What a wow. And once again, Harry, I turn back to you because why did you not post your black square? (laughs) (laughs) I'm circling this back. I'm circling it back. Yeah. And I feel really. what I did want to talk about is how you feel in these moments. I don't know. Have you have you guys ever had an experience where you, someone's been like vocally aggressive, like racially aggressive to you, or like physically in that way? If I have, I feel like I would have blocked it out or tried to justify it because I have several other personality issues that mean that I try to justify when things happen to me. So I can. I can see how it might have happened and I would have justified it away. Um, But I also, I recognize just how vulnerable it would, it would feel to be in that situation, especially on your own, especially when you take into account that you are um, a woman in that situation, you are in a completely new environment still for you it's it's been a year but it's it's still a new environment right there isn't that safety of community that safety of family close by um so yeah just thinking about it even even trying to put myself in the situation not not in your shoes because i am trying to correct that language um i can absolutely see how frightening it can be even if you are someone who is used to doing this work uh, it's, it's like you say the microaggressions are one thing it's it's easy to prepare yourself to brace yourself for that impact it's easy when you can kind of talk yourself 
out of the fear of those microaggressions by being like, I'm going to continue to be vocal. I'm going to continue to stand out. But then the moment where you find yourself in a position of, of macroaggression and physical unsafety. Is that a word? Wow. Well, private school education did not do enough there. (laughs) (laughs) I can see, I a hundred percent see how that is going to shake you. Um, and and the the one thing I've been saying it's funny because Harry and I were talking about uh, that that move away from from inclusion work uh, that we're starting to see across the board, and and I understand it yeah. because the one piece of advice I keep giving to people who are in this space who are doing the work is to be selfish at this time. Um, take the decision that preserves you in this moment so that the longer term we we know that these these battles aren't going to go away but we actually need to be a little bit more intentional about owning when we're tired owning when we're unable to keep pushing and stepping away at the right time for us like we we use all the allegories of you can't you can't pour from an empty bucket you can't give when you don't have um and i think in in situations like this i think you are right nezzy to I, I think you'd be within your rights to consider just what you what you still do in this space how vocal you are how visible you are the decisions you take in terms of um from a safety perspective, which patients you can do, whether or not house visits are still safe for you. I think all of these things are things that are worth taking into account. Um, and yeah, even even if I don't have that first-hand memory of a time, um, I, I, I can empathize with how it would feel to be in that situation. Yeah, I think it's really, because what really struck me, and it's weird that you say all those things because those are the the, the kind of decisions and the things that I've been thinking about. Like I ended up leaving work early today because I literally was getting episodes of anxiety like mm. in work because of what happened because it only literally just happened recently. Um, like, And I it's like I was holding that mm-hmm. that tension in my body. Like I literally was like on edge. The body remembers. And I don't think I'd grasped the magnitude of what had happened. And it wasn't really what was said because what was said is, is what it is. <laughs> but it's actually like the physically threatening aspect of it that mm. really, really got to me. Mm. Um, And... I think, yeah, like I think it's really, it's really difficult in these situations, especially as a black woman, to be vulnerable and say like, I'm not okay and I'm not coping well with this. Mm -hmm. And like, I actually feel very traumatized by this because I felt like I was overreacting. Um, And I felt like I didn't want to be seen as weak. Like I didn't want to be seen as weak. I didn't want to be seen as somebody who every time something like happens, um, 
I'm gonna be like having a meltdown or having like a bit of a breakdown but it was actually really really frightening um and it really has like really affected me and like I've literally been in tears like on and off since it happened just like episodes just randomly crying because I just feel I felt actually it really shocked me because and I don't know why I was shocked because I'm somebody who talks about race and racism all the time but it's like I just didn't expect it like it was out of the, the blue overt. and I think it I'm prepared yeah I think it was the embarrassing that like I just haven't experienced that in a while personally like I've seen it on a screen but I've not personally experienced that kind of direct racism personally in a while like I've experienced the passive aggression all the time and it's like that's a low level stress that you always kind of learn to live with but the overt racism has happened to me like for a couple of years and it was it was kind of shocking yeah Mm. so yeah I I'm probably monopolizing in space and I know Harry will have his his opinions to to voice on this as well but my my position on it is to be selfish like don't we've we've done the thing of I don't want to be seen as for so long and it hasn't gotten us anywhere because the reality is no matter how much we try to craft this persona whether it's of strength whether it's of non-aggression whether it's of essentially all of the different ways we can be agreeable to others we are not in control of what other people do we are not in control of how other people see us other people continue to judge us no matter what we do so what we should focus on is what is in our control and how we best look after our well-being to be able to help the people that we want to help, right? In your profession, especially, like as a caregiver, right? You cannot give if you are not in a place of well-being yourself. If you are anxious, if you are tired, if you are not at your best, you put the safety of your of, of those you are caring for at risk as well. So mm. in those moments, selfishness is the selfless thing to do. Yeah, and I think I had to just accept that because I wasn't. Um, I, I think before I just wasn't um, accepting that it had affected me. And now I'm just like, it. it is what it is. We are where we are. And like, I can't, I can't rush. Like, I can't force myself to feel okay before mm-hmm. I feel okay. And every time I keep trying to force it, I will just end up like having anxiety attacks, being upset. And it's just like, yeah but anyway you know what I see as growth is that in that moment I didn't even want to like I think before I'd have been really angry but I honestly just felt sad Mm. which was interesting to me I was like wow I've really been leaning into my prayer time and my yoga because (laughs) like this is this is too zen like I was just like I'm disappointed in humanity it's, it's not that I'm angry I'm just disappointed I'm disappointed. Like I, li- it was literally like disappointed vibes. It was literally like Tyra Banks vibes. <laughs> we were rooting for you. We were we all were rooting, rooting for you. For you. How dare How you? Dare you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Harry, where you at? I don't know. That's just my this. These opinions might actually get me cancelled, but um, I don't know. I was I've just been saying like. Man, 
I just think when we talk about like multiculturalism and integration and all of these kind of things, I think it only works if everybody wants to do it. Mm. I think Twitter Braven is actually right. Multiculturalism has been difficult and probably hasn't worked, but it's not because people, well, from black people's side, it's not because we don't want to integrate. It's because there's just a bunch of white people that don't want to integrate with us. Some do, some don't. But at the end of the day, if you want this thing, if they, if this thing is supposed to actually work, mm. like white people have got to want us to be around them and enough of them have keep proving that they don't. So is what it is. That's where I'm at personally. Mm. I I also was saying that, and I guess this podcast is called Tales from the Plantation because we're initially talking about that, the, the fact that even though all the white people at work have been so nice to me, like, honestly, I can't fault them. They've pretty much, I mean, they haven't got everything right in terms of, like, one person was like, focus on the good things. And I was like, no, babe, that's not the answer. But anyway, um, but generally they've been like even that person was really nice about it and like tried to be really kind and have been like really offering me like if you want to talk we're here we know we can't understand completely what you're going through but like blah blah blah. they have been really nice but the fact that I'm the only black person in that environment is its own stress even if all the white people in that environment are nice and I've realized that more than ever now because I think before I've been in environments and been like oh, the reason why this is hard is because there's some people who are a little, like, I'm getting little racist vibes from, or, like, mm. and, <laughs> like, this isn't even th- that situation. There are people who've said a, little, a couple of off-key things when I first came, but actually, even those people have proved themselves to be really nice in this situation, and I can't, like, I'm not working with white people who aren't nice. <laughs> Like, that's not my situation. I'm actually working with, like, really nice white people. Like, really nice, like, seem like, trying to be, trying to see my perspective, being cool about it, white people. But it's still really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still not a space that is enjoyable, despite the fact that they're really nice. And I think this has been a really good learning experience in that sense, because, yeah, like, it's not just about the niceness. It's mm. also about the fact that in a white supremacist world, that power dynamic is always going to be that you're always still going to feel the pressure of having to like feel like you need to prove yourself or feeling like you have to conform to the dominant culture. Them not knowing about your culture because they just don't ever have to, whereas you always have to learn about theirs. Um, and, and that fact that you are... You're always one day away from that niceness switching. Like, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it's hard, man. It's hard finding the words. Like, I just reckon at the end of the day, we should all go back to our own countries. I, I, saw, a, I saw a TikTok that made me <laughs> laugh today. It was like, um, this person was was dancing. It was like POV. Someone tells you to go back to the con- your own country, and you realize it's because it's too nice for them to afford to go on uh, vacation. There, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> An ordinary person is not going to Nigeria for for nine hundred pound return. 
So yeah, you're right. If you are trying to send me back, it's because it's, it's probably because it's just too expensive, and you're trying to keep me away from from the Lanzarotes and the uh, I can't even remember all the the Magaluf, Magaluf, oh, You know, I've actually this is the part of me that is actually like I don't care. I think I am a little bit of a snob. Um, I don't like your facial expressions, but anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just ready to hear. I'm ready to listen. That I've never been to any of those places. And I know it's because I'm a little bit of a snob. Like, I I just admit it. Like, I've never been to the Magaluf's, the Ibiza, the Mallorca's. In my mind, for the I just feel like, like, well, I know it's, and it's not just common it's like also the type of white people that i feel are like a little also a little bit racist like the it, it to me attracts a brexity a brexity kind of essexy crowd Do it just you doesn't sound speak like the kind english of, yeah you speak english. <laughs> it just to me it feels like a lot of fish and chippy pub pub people and i i'm just like i don't think it's i would but I've been told that I'm completely wrong and that there are lovely parts of all those places and I'm sure there are but it's just everyone who tells me they've been to those places it puts me off going to those places yeah I I personally so the only one of the like the party spots that I've been to is Mykonos but we went outside of the summer so we went in October when it wasn't like packed with British tourists Um, and yeah it's lovely then if you want to see the actual culture, go outside of the uh, peak peak holiday times. My worst nightmare is going on holiday and then being surrounded by a bunch of English people. Like to me, that's like you was it called escape to the sun? That's like <laughs> escape to prison. That's how it would feel. Like escape to jail. That's how it would feel to me. Like like if you got the ending of Shawshank very wrong and he popped up Andy Dufresne. Andy Dufresne popped up in the library after he accidentally took a wrong turn. <laughs> he never got another chance to write a read a book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember once when I went to Jamaica, like I literally got off the plane, got got into the hotel, and walked into the lift, and a white American woman grabbed my hair and was like, "Oh my gosh, are these real?" And I was just like, "I cannot believe, even in my own country, I am not free from you people." Like, I was like, "I cannot believe." That that was the time you should have gone. You need to go back to your own country. Yeah, literally, yeah, literally, it was. I literally. in that moment, I felt like you need to go back to where you came from, for real. Absolutely. Um, last thing I want to end on. Sorry, it's a sad note. Um, the audacity of Australia. Oh, we can never end on a happy note, can we? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Bloody we hell. We always end on a happy note, but this time it's the audacity of Australia to <sighs> not recognise uh, Aboriginal people. Imagine the people that There's you not much stole to be said land on this. from. Huh? There's not much to be said on this, to be honest. Yeah, there's not really much to be said on it. Just to make people aware, Australia is, well, like most Western nations, backwards countries full of wrongings. Um, and that's my summary of the matter. Can uh, I ask a last question before we end? Yeah. Have you guys switched on your heating yet? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Have to. Okay. Interesting. I don't you have not. 
Well, this week I switched oh, wait, it on. No, to like... I remember you've got underfloor heating. Yeah, no. Oh my gosh, we have Come underfloor on, heating ah, in the ah, bathroom ah. in one only room in of the, the house. Bathroom. We do not have only, underfloor heating. Only in the master only bathroom, okay? In, in the, the ensuite, we don't have. In the downstairs, yeah, we don't. Room, we, we literally don't only have it in one of the bathrooms. Oh, oh my gosh we have two <laughs> bathrooms and we have a small bathroom down there yes, and the, the big bathroom rather do you know why this is ridiculous because <laughs> harry's been to my house <laughs> harry's literally been to my house it's yeah, not even that big see like only not. someone with a big house says it's not even that big like, I, I, I can't no, it isn't it isn't that big but it's big enough Oh, changing his tune now is a classic. <laughs> no, but her bathroom. <laughs> gets, very, gets, the bathroom's big though. Gets allowed into the gets allowed into the which big one, house. Which one's the underfloor one? The 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 the, the top one. Or the, the top one. The top one. Yeah. Do you see how she's ranked? She would so that we went. So we had to go into the downstairs bathroom. She wouldn't even give me the underfloor heating one. Yeah, yeah obviously. Come on, oh my gosh! First of all, it was the middle of summer. You're not house right? Come on. It was the middle of summer, and also. The shower yeah, doesn't work it, properly in it, the it in the upstairs bathroom. But you won't be you won't be using any of that. With where the cleaner does it. I have I have allowed oh you into my house. Okay, I don't expect <laughs> you to then expect to use all of the amenities. Okay. This <laughs> 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 is literally not, the the this shower in the no upstairs Airbnb. bathroom doesn't work properly. Yeah. So I gave him the one that works properly. Right. Wow. And if it were an Airbnb, you are limited. You are sharing a room. You have limited access to the house. I expect <laughs> yeah, you to stay within the designated areas. Okay? Oh my God. Wear your slippers to the bath like everyone else does, except me, because we have underfloor. What are you doing? Anyway, yes, we put, yeah, heating's on. <laughs> it's, it's I've understood. only been putting the heating really on for like an hour every in the morning and the evening, but I think I'm going to have to up it. No, no, no! I just have the heating on all day. Sorry. Really? I'd rather, I'd rather die cold. I'd rather die, I'd rather die of brokenness than coldness. Personally, (laughs) that doesn't even make sense. So I'm looking, I'm looking at our usage. Um, So I've not got anything from yesterday yet on the nest, but Thursday we had two and a half hours, but I think that was accidental um, because. the window was left open in the office uh, and then Friday the 6th of October 15 minutes but it's definitely been on today so. yeah so I had, Sunday was four hours Saturday was one hour Friday was two and a quarter hours I don't know if this is true I feel like I've had the heating on longer I feel like maybe I'm getting away with murder here but anyway who knows today I'm, I know I'm I've not... had it on I've had it on yeah our, our house retains heat quite well to be fair our house is is the opposite our house is an old house and it just it's like literally everything is a draft it's just awful yeah in the summer it's it's pain because there's nothing you can do like upstairs you're cooking just except it'd be ready but in the in the winter it saves us a little bit of money Oh, why must I live this well, way? Hey, it's the cost what, are we, what are we reading, guys, to end? Uh, Spanish dictionary. 
Um, yeah, Duolingo. Harry, Harry is keeping that me. That doesn't count as a book. Okay, first of all, we are enriching our minds, okay? Right. Do not undermine our academic um, achievements. I'm trying I'll, to read. That's you guys need to re- Look at you fumbling back. over your words. That's why you guys you know need I'm to saying? read more <laughs> <in> English. <laughs> He could, he could have said it in Spanish, though, and it would have made more sense. But um, no, I'm trying to read Wretched of the Earth by Franz Fanon. Reading what? Wretched of the Earth. Franz Fanon. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Timothy book Keller, Book on Prayer. Yeah. Uh, Demanding nice. More by Cherie Atchison. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, a, it's a book about why D&I, what D&I is and why it doesn't happen. Um. Which is very, work. very topical. Um, and then I've got another book from church that I'm supposed to be reading. Uh, but I left it in church on Sunday. Just shaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's okay. I am reading All the Black Girls Are Activists by Ebony Janice Moore. And I'm also reading How to Say Babylon by Sophia Sinclair. And I'm also reading. Do you know what would help you with with that last one, Nezzy? What? Duolingo. Really good with pronunciations. Oh my gosh. What? How to to say? say. Babylon. Just saying. How to say it. Babylon. Um, I'm also reading. Oh my gosh. I was reading a really interesting book on cannabis. Johnny just finished. Oh, Smoke Signals A Social History of Marijuana. Hmm. which is interesting and then i'm also currently reading through another book called how the bible works um in which i explain how an ambiguous and diverse book oh gosh it's got a long title how an ambiguous and diverse book leads us to wisdom rather than answers and why that's great news by peter ends so those are my current i always read multiple books at a time and sometimes i don't always finish them great well this has been tales from the plantation volume 55 you can find us on instagram at tales from the plantation twitter at plantation tales facebook tales from the plantation we're on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, all of those good places leave us a review on spotify how many how many reviews do we have let me just check i think it's like a paltry amount paltry paltry is such a great word Anyway, um, we have 16 reviews, but they're all five stars, which is great. But you should leave us more. I think we have like more on Apple Podcasts um, as well. So just leave us a review because it helps us get the podcast out there even more. Um, And yeah, that's it. We're out. Toodles.